Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Come on, praise Him like you believe the Lord answers when we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm so glad you're here today. Thanks again for coming to church. I got to tell you how important church is. I just I know you know this, but uh, I I just feel more and more in my spirit to remind you that church is essential. It's essential. You know, we spent the last 12 months or so deeming who is essential and who isn't. By the way, every job is essential. Let me go ahead and say that out loud. Your job's essential and you are essential and church is essential everything just then as a matter of fact church is so essential listen the bible says it like this that you're not to forsake in other words don't stop getting together hebrew says don't stop getting together in church and it said even more like i want you to consider doing more of it as you see the day of the coming of the lord approaching in other words as dark as it's getting out there You and I need to be in here in the presence of God, together with God's people. There's just something about church together. Thank you to both of you that believe that. There's just something about church together. And if you're at church online today, I'm so glad we're able to bring this service to you. I'm so glad somebody shared it with you. I'm so glad you have an opportunity to join us today. And when you're ready, I got to tell you, there's nothing like being in the room. There's just nothing like it. You can be safe. I promise you. Uh, there's just something like being here. I, I relate it to this. Now, we don't have a fireplace in our home, but uh, over Christmas, we put up a, a, a video of a fire. You know what I'm trying to say there? Like on Netflix, you can do a little crackling. It even makes the noise, and it just makes me feel warm and cozy. But the truth of the matter is a fire on your TV is not the same as sitting around a campfire. It's just not the same. It's not the same as a fireplace where we're sitting around and it's warm. I mean, I pretend I'm getting warm by the TV, but I'm really not getting warm by the TV. And I just got to tell you, it's just not the same. There's something God designed worship, preaching, fellowship together. That's what we need. And it's essential. Say amen to that, everybody. So when you're ready, I'd love to have you back home. It'd be our honor to welcome you home today. And I'm so glad that you are in church today. Once you turn around, say hi to three or four people you haven't said hi to yet. Everybody in the building, come on. You can fist bump or air hug or air fist bump. or Then you can grab your seat and grab your Bible really quick. So glad to have you today. Glad that we're worshiping together. Let's ask God to speak to our hearts. Father, thank you for God's word. God, I open my spirit today. Whatever you want to say, my answer is yes to God. God, I thank you today that I can leave here encouraged and changed and challenged. And thank you for the people of God today. Thank you I get to be around believers that lift me and encourage me. Thank you for the community of a church family. Thank you that you didn't design us to do this alone today. Thank you for everything that you want to speak to us today. I open my heart for that in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. Thanks again for being here. And uh, thanks again for... Uh, worshiping today and for prayer. I know you've already heard it a few times, but I just have to remind you, this is the final week. Today begins, actually day 15 of 21 days of prayer and fasting together. And I just want to encourage you, if you haven't been here uh, yet, uh, this week, this is the week. Just jump right in. You you can't mess up by coming to early morning prayer. It's at 6 o'clock in the morning at our ministry center. All the details are online right now. Uh, It's as touchless as you want it to be. You can download the prayer guide there. You can do whatever. Even if you can't join us in person, uh, you can join us live on our website there, cityhillstx.com slash 21 days. We're there from 6 to 7 a.m. every morning this week, Monday through Friday, excuse me, not Saturday, but Monday through Friday this week we'll be uh, praying together. And I just want to ask you to finish strong. If you haven't been, I'm asking you to be there. If you have, let's finish strong. Amen, everybody. And then today's the second step of the growth track. 
I'm so excited about people taking their next step. If you've just if you've been kicking the tires for a while around church, uh, I would love to have you at Growth Track Step Two today. And I know it's Step Two, but you can jump in. The way we designed the Growth Track is you can jump in at any time. So today, if you didn't go to Step One, you can still jump in today, and then Step One will come back around. And you can jump into Step One. So anybody can jump in at any step of the way. But it just it's really the easiest, quickest on ramp for you to become not just a part of the family, but a part of the team here. We talk about how to get in a group and how to join uh, what we call the dream team, the amazing group and dozens and dozens and dozens of people who serve not only on the weekends, but around church life. And uh, it would be my honor to help you get connected today. Another thing I'm learning in 2020 and, and coming out of this year is that you, we need purpose. Purpose is what gets you out of bed in the morning. Purpose is what makes you put on real pants. Come on, somebody. Not just stretchy pants all day. you got to have a reason to get up and put on your clothes or just something about it. And listen, God hardwired you to live a life of purpose. And, and I meet Christians all the time who aren't living the most fulfilled life. And, and even though you're on your way to heaven... Uh, you're not living the best abundant life God designed for you. And the only, I'm, I'm just being truthful, the only way that happens is when you get beyond yourself and you serve other people. That's how God designed it. Jesus, the Bible said, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. That's the way Jesus designed it. And your life matters most when you give it away, when you, when you decide to make a difference in the lives of others. It would be our honor to help you get connected today. Uh, to a team. All right, grab your Bibles. Let's jump in. We are in the second week of a series we called Square One, talking all about starting over, what it's like to start over in your life and kind of begin back at square one. I love preaching around this particular ideas of what do you do when you don't know where to go again. Last week, we talked about breaking some cycles in our life to really getting some habits in our life that are godly habits. You know, you are where you are today because of the habits that you formed yesterday. And you will be where you're going tomorrow because of the habitual things that you do in your life. Do you understand that? Shake your head at least this way. If you can't, amen, just at least let me know you understand the words coming out of my mouth. <laughs> that you can, you can change your life. I meet people sometimes who say, Pastor, you don't know, I, I just can't change. It's just too far. It's just too hard. No, you can change your life. But it starts with, we said last week, it doesn't start with a goal. It starts with a system. I've decided to change the way I live my life. The system becomes a habit in my life. The habit reinforces the identity God has for me. My identity reinforces the habit. And before long, your life's entirely different. Say amen to that. And I want you to have that kind of life this year. As a matter of fact, I tell you, most of the time in January, I remind you, I'd love for you to give us a year of your life. Just give, just give a year to, to the church. And when I say that, I mean go all in. Do everything we talk about. Join a small group. Get on the dream team. Go through growth track. Come to worship. Uh, uh, serve every weekend. Tithe. Give. Just be a, be a part of outreach and missions and everything we do. And then, and then get to the end of this year. And here's my, here's my promise to you. Your life will be drastically better than it was when you started this year off. If you just decide to go all in with God. Say amen to that, everybody. I'd love to issue that challenge to you. If you've never done that, just go all in this year. So we talked about habits. This week I want to talk about making moves when you start all over. If you have your Bibles, open up. I'm going to be in the Old Testament today. I'm going to tell you a story in the Old Testament in 2 Kings. Kings and Chronicles usually tell the same parallel stories. A little different uh, the, the way that the narrative is written in both of them. Second Kings is about a prophet named Elisha. Elisha is the prophet who followed Elijah. I don't know why God made their names so close together. It would have been easier for some other name. It would have been easier for Bobby to follow Elijah. But anyway, Elisha is the prophet. And Elisha is now in a situation where he needs God to move. He's standing at the front of, of a new opportunity, like you and I are in January, and he needs God to make a way in his life. Does anybody, would you be honest and say, I need God to make a way in some, somewhere in my life? Hands up all over the house. I need God to make a way here. And so Elisha, it's this amazing narrative about him going to God in the middle of a battle about how do we make progress in our life? How does God come through in our life? In 2 Kings 3.15, I'll read out of the King James Version because I'm spiritual like that, but uh, whatever version you have should be close. Verse 15 says, Now bring me a musician 
Elisha says to the people of God, bring me a worship leader, a musician. And then it happened, underline that in your Bible. Then it happened that when the musician played, that the hand of the Lord came upon him, Elisha. And Elisha said, thus says the Lord. Now, anything that follows, thus says the Lord. Now, there's been some Facebook prophets over the last 12 months that have started their videos with, thus says the Lord, and it usually ends with a giving tab. Anyways, but whatever follows after, thus says the Lord, is really important. You better know God said what you're about to say. Are you with me, everybody? So Elisha says, after give me a musician, the musician starts playing. The hand of the Lord comes on Elisha, and he says this, Thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. You ever had a then it happened moment in your life? You ever had a, a moment where you could say, man, I was, uh, you know, we were doing this and we were praying like this and we were working this way and this, and then it happened. Like, like then you just don't know really where it came from. Then it happened. You ever had one of those kind of moments? I had that. I remember growing up, I have a little brother, three years younger than me, two years, nine months younger than me. I remember one time, my little brother, we were, we were teenagers. Uh, I, I don't, I, I don't really, maybe he was 12, 13, 14, younger than me. And, and, uh, he and my mom were in, um, uh, discussion <laughs> like you get into when you're a teenager you know with your mom and I remember my brother trying to make a point and telling my mom to shut up then it happened <laughs> now you know what I'm talking about <laughs> okay that's the kind of moment we're in right now. <laughs> then it happened then it broke down. Then, 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 body parts were flying everywhere and blood, and I blacked out and he blacked out. And anyway, I'm still here and he's still alive too. <laughs> Elisha had a then it happened kind of movement, and 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 God moved. And I got to be honest with you, I need a then it happened kind of moment in 2021. I have faced and you have faced and together as a community, as a church, as a, as a city, as a nation, we faced a lot of closed doors, walls being built and, and, and people, uh, uh, di disunity and division and, and, and honestly there's been so much hurt and so much robbed from us this past year from the enemy and the spirit of the Antichrist that's at work in the world today. All of that has robbed so much. Even good people, Christians, believers like you and like me, it's robbed so much. I'm going to be honest with you. My prayer into 2021 is I need a then it happened kind of moment. Like I need a, I didn't know how we were going to get a building as a church and then it happened. I need a, I, I didn't know where we were going to get our next paycheck from. I'd lost my job. I'd been on furlough since November, December. The company closed down. The division moved out of state. And then it happened. God opened up a door. I, I, I want you to have that in your life. I want you to have that in your marriage. We don't know what was going on. It was bad. Sleeping in separate rooms. Things had gotten terrible in 2020. And then one Sunday morning, it happened. And God fixed and healed and delivered and set free. Are you there, everybody? I want you to. Ha I want an addict to have. I've been. I've been doing this for twenty years. I've been addicted to nicotine ten years. I've been addicted to alcohol or pornography for five, six, ten, fifteen, twenty-five years. And I don't really know, but twenty twenty was that kind of year that it broke open, and then it happened that God delivered me and set me free, and I'm not bound by that anymore. I need. You need. We need a then it happened moment in our lives. And we're standing at the edge of a then it happened year. And I'm not prophesying to you what's going to happen. I'm just telling you, I just know the way the Lord works. When everything else closes, I start looking around for God to make an opening where there isn't an opening. When all I see is walls and brick walls and nothing's happening and I see no way, I start looking around for a then it happened kind of moment. And Elisha is in that moment. And, 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 and God tells him, tell everybody, go fill the valley with ditches. If you're going to dig out some stuff in your life, you'll reach some dreams that God has for you in 2020. But if you decide not to dig some stuff out of your life, you're destined to repeat the same patterns that you've been in 
for the past year, the past decade, the past three or four years. I don't want that for you this year. I don't want it for me. Write this in your notes. But digging and destiny go hand in hand. Write that down. Digging and destiny go hand in hand. This is a spirit-filled church, unapologetically. I love the expression of our worship. I love that you're able to feel the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. I love that on the 27th, on Wednesday night, a couple of Wednesday nights from now, we're going to fill the house up because you're coming and bringing your friends and family. We're going to lay hands on the sick. We're going to anoint with oil. God's going to move. We're going, come on, we're going to go deeper together. Amen, everybody? This is the year for you to go deeper. Say amen, everybody. But I'm just telling you, it's not going to happen just because. It's not going to be just one night. It's not going to be one event. If you're going to reach the destiny that God has for you in 2021, it's going to probably be because you participate in the miracle God has. Every single January, I stand on the scale, stew and I pray for a miracle. I, I <laughs> every single year I get on those scales and, and it's fasting and I, I'm the only brother who will fast 21 days and gain 10 pounds every, me and you too I'm the only one I've asked God God magically make, my, make, make, make me smaller make, God you know you made me shorter I know it's possible do the same thing you did horizontally that you did vertically to me I don't know why you're laughing that hard about that. The truth is this. I have prayed and begged for less weight, but there seems to be a connection. I'm, I'm 40 years old. I'm almost 40. There, I, I've, I've figured out there's a connection between what's on the scale and what's in my mouth. I'm still doing some research. I, I mean, don't hang everything on that, but I'm just saying there seems to be a connection. And there seems to be a connection in your marriage. You can pray till you're blue in the face, but if you don't come home and love your wife like Christ loved the church, you're always going to have problems in your marriage. Why? Because digging and destiny go hand in hand. If you feel isolated and alone, I'm, I'm talking to church online today. If you feel like I don't have anybody to go to, I have no friends, I don't know what's happening. I'm, and you get deeper and deeper into the darkness and hole of your depression. Ask yourself, am I in a small group? Do I have accountability? Are there people in my life? Am I around church family, godly people? Is there a family around me that's supporting me? Because digging and destiny go hand in hand. And most of the times you have to participate in the miracle God wants to give you. And in 2021, if you want to change your life, it's going to be because you decided to do something different in your life. Say amen to that. Nobody loves construction. I hate construction on the interstate. Brandy and I live in Bernie. That's where our church started. It's where the majority of our church is. And uh, uh, I, I remember uh, um, for five years or, or more, I tend being under construction. I think when Jesus returns for his glorious church, I 10 and I 35, nobody on those roads will go to heaven. You, just, you can't get there from there. You just can't get there. It's under construction all the time. E- even e- a few months ago when we, when we opened up church again uh, after quarantine, uh, I remember the weekend we opened up church, God gave us a miracle and all four lanes were open uh, on I-10 coming and going. And I just thought, man, I, just, I wanted to get out and run on I-10. I was just so grateful. It took me 15, 20 minutes to get to church. I was just so thankful. And my hand to God, the next Sunday they had already shut down two lanes to finish striping some stuff. The devil just, he just will not let go of I-10. He just won't do it. And I, and, I, and I remember telling myself, I can avoid this construction. Anybody ever done this? Anybody ever seen the red lights on I-10? You know all the brake lights are up there. And so you take an exit telling yourself, I can go around this construction. And as soon as you take the exit, you hate your life. Because you realize these people are dumber than those people. This is worse than that. 
This is slower than that was. There's traffic lights and there's so many. And none of these people even know where they're at right now. So every time the light turns green, they don't know to turn left or turn right or know what to do. And I remember just screeching. Every time I would see the red lights, I would screech over and take an exit and try to get around it. And it always took longer. Because construction, sometimes in your life, construction is there for God to build something in you. And if you try to skirt around the stuff God wants to build in you, it'll take you longer to get to the place God has for you there's some stuff in your life in my life that God wants construction in my marriage in my ministry in my business in our finances in our family construction isn't fun but most of the time it's necessary and Israel is in a constructing mode Elisha is the prophet and Israel's in this construction time, not physically, but spiritually. God's trying to build some stuff into the nation of Israel. And they're in the divided kingdom, which historically means there's a southern kingdom of Judah. Jehoshaphat is the, uh, is the king of Judah. He's a righteous king in the south of Judah. By the way, if you're pregnant and pregnant with a boy, Jehoshaphat's a fantastic name. I think that's... You can't really name a girl anything with the word fat in it, but Jehoshaphat for a boy is just, that's so good. And in the northern kingdom of Israel, Joram is a king, and, and he's an evil king. He does evil in the sight of the Lord, the Bible said. He's the son of Jezebel and Ahab. I wish I had time to tell you about Jezebel and Ahab. I believe the spirit of Jezebel has been loosed in the earth today. The spirit of Jezebel chases out the church. It chases out God's plan, and it makes God's people fearful for who we really are. That's better than, I, 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 if I had time to preach it to you, you'd amen it. But just trust me on this. The spirit of Jezebel is loose. And Jezebel's chased Elijah. And he's scared to death. And now Elisha's the prophet. And, and Jezebel and Ahab's son, Joram, is the king. And Jehoshaphat, the righteous king, and Joram, the evil king, get together because they have a common enemy. And they decide to bring with them another king, a third king, the king of Edom, and, and all three of these are together fighting a common enemy, the Moabites. Are you with me there still? Everybody with me? All right. That's where we are, and that's where Elisha is. Second Kings 3 and 9. So the king of Edom and his troops joined the, the, the southern kingdom of Judah, the northern kingdom of Israel, those two kings, and all three armies now traveled a roundabout route. Stop here. That's what I feel like I've spent the last 18 months doing. Traveling around about route. And these three kings and their armies travel around about route through the wilderness for seven days. But there's no water for their men or their animals. They're stuck in the wilderness of Edom for seven days without water. They're in the worst possible circumstances. And listen to this. What makes it worse is they wait seven whole days before they ask God His opinion. Most of the times the stuff I get into is because I didn't ask God until I was halfway in it to get me out of it when it would have been better if I would have asked God on the front end, God, what do you think about me joining up with this? God, what, what do you think about me getting in this career? God, what do you think about this job? God, what do you think about this relationship? No, I'd rather go ahead and go on my feelings and chemistry and I love them and they're just so cute. And then six months later, you're sitting in some preacher's office going, what did I do with my life? Not y'all, but other people at church online feel that way. <laughs> what, what, what did I do with my... Anybody else ask God to rescue you from stuff you got yourself into? And so, the, the, so these three armies wait seven days and then they go to God and they say, God, what are we going to do? God, Elisha, what are we supposed to do? Elisha, go to God and ask him what we're supposed to do. We're in, we're in a mess right now and our pride stopped us from asking God on the front end. So now we're in the middle of it and now we're asking God. And Elisha understands a principle, I got to get in your heart in 2021. I got to rebuild some stuff in you. And the thing that Elisha asked for is a worship leader. It's so important that Elisha says, bring me a musician. And then the musician plays. Why? Because Elisha knew that worship unlocks God's power and the word of God in your life. Let me say that better for you. Uh, worship is the 
gate, it's, it opens. That's why Psalms 100 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and go into his courts with praise and give thanks to him and praise his name. It did not say leave church that way. It said enter his gates that way. In other words, if you want to hear from God, you start with worship. And Elisha says, I don't know what to do, but I know how to hear from God. And in 2021, listen very close to me, you and I as believers, we're going to know, we're going to have to know how to hear from God for ourselves. I got to teach you this. You cannot rely on Facebook and somebody that said they heard from God. You cannot rely on somebody on the news. My God, please don't rely on any of them to tell you what's happening in the world. You and I are going to, in this day and age, as the coming of the Lord approaches, we're going to have to know how to get a word from God for ourselves. And the way you unlock the word of God in your life, Elijah said, I don't know what to do, but before I ask God for a word, bring me a musician and put on some worship music so that I can hear from God. And some of us are missing a word from God. You can't hear God say anything because you haven't worshipped God yet. And God will not, He will not overstep worship and just give you a word. It will not happen. It's the law of God. you got to enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Is anybody here today say amen? It's why it's 6 o'clock in the morning. If you've been there, you know at 6 a.m. on the dot, not 6.01 or 6.02 or 6.05. At 6 a.m. on the dot, my hands go up. Your hands go up. The, the musicians start singing and praying. You know why? Because I need a word about 6.15 from God or I'm going to fall back asleep. But I can't get a word until I worship. Can I pastor you for 15 seconds? I'm going to anyway. It doesn't matter if you say yes to that. Always a trick question when I ask you. Some of you come to church and leave church and come to church and leave church. Look at me and you've been coming here for years and your life isn't different because you show up 15 minutes late and you never get the word that I'm preaching. I could preach my socks down and I do most days and you never leave here different. You know why? Because you come late to worship. If you'll get here on time and you'll prepare your heart with worship, then you'll be ready to receive the word. All right, that's it. That's as hard as it's going to get today. But it's true. Worship is, it, 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 it prepares the way. And the devil knows that it prepares the way. Write this in your notes. If Satan can steal your worship, he can steal your word. If Satan can steal your worship, he can steal your word. If Satan can get you distracted in 2021, looking at other stuff, not worshiping God for what you have, always concerned about what you don't have, what's not working, what's not going right, fear and worry and anxiety. If he can get you doing anything but worshiping God, you'll never get a word from God. And Elisha said, I don't know what to do, but we're in a battle and I need to worship. Now listen, I said that was as hard as it's going to be. I lied there. I repent because this is going to be harder look at me church online the reason why I'm telling you so desperately you need to get back to church as quickly as you safely can as quickly as you safely can the reason is is because you need a word this year and I don't know how bad this year's going to get I don't really know what's going down I'm going to be honest with you I don't know what's around the corner but here's what I do know when I get in here and I get in the presence of the Lord together and we worship together it unlocks the word of God in my life then we'll know what to do. Reuben, come give me a high five. You're the only one worshiping. Then we'll know what to do. If I can't worship, if the devil can get me in my PJs, in my bed, pretending that's church, then he can rob me of my word. So I'm going to put my clothes on, mask my face up, and get to God's house where I can get a word. Worship is not an emotion. It's an act of obedience. Worship is not an emotion. It's an, some people tell me, Pastor, I would worship like y'all, like Reuben, but I'm just not. I, honestly, I'm just not very emotional. Yes, you are. I saw you flip somebody off getting on I-10. You're emotional when the Cowboys lose every single season they play the game and yet you still watch them and you get emotional and you can't figure it out 
I would say the Spurs, but we're just winners. And so I don't know what that feels like. But I do know other sports teams lose. And you get emotional when it happens. You're an emotional being. So don't give me, I don't get emotional. What you mean is, I haven't really understood how powerful my worship is. And Elisha says, I don't know what we're going to do. We're surrounded and we don't have any water. And in 2021, we're surrounded and it looks like it's getting worse and drier. And we need a word from God. And worship unlocks the word. Write this in your notes. Worship is what sustains you between the dream in your heart and the destiny God has for you. Worship is what sustains you between the dream and the destiny. Worship is what I remember going to Scott's house. Scott and Bernadette, fantastic dream teamers in our house. Remarkable people, part of our legacy team here. Just give heart and soul to the house of God. And I remember just not long ago, God blessed them with a new home. And it's beautiful. And we were there and we were showing around. And I've never been to your home, Scott. Not one time I've been to your home that worship music isn't playing. Now you can say whatever you want to say. But there's a direct connection between the destiny on his life and the dream that God gave him. The in-between is worship. It's always worship. Worship is the connectivity between the dream and the destiny. And if CNN's the only voice in your house and not God's presence and worship and the Word of God, I'm telling you, it's always going to be negative. It's always going to be down. It's always going to be depressed. You're always going to be worried. But worship is what connects you between the dream God put in your heart for a better new year and the destiny God wants to give you. Worship is what sustains you. Now listen to me. Worship will not deliver you. Worship sustains you. And, and, and some Christians misunderstand this because they say, I've, I've been worshiping God in this problem. Why hasn't He delivered me? I didn't say worship delivers you from the problem. I said worship sustains you in the problem. And Elisha knew, I, I, don't, I don't think worship's going to be the thing that makes us win the war, but worship's going to be the thing that sustains me till I hear from God, and God will give me the word to win the war. Are you still there? Why would I preach this much? Because I know, I just know, I just know that in 2020, the enemy's stolen our worship. And i got to pour some, I'm going to spend all year, if you don't like this preaching, you're going to hate this year because I'm going to spend all year pouring back into you everything the enemy tried to take from us last year and worship has to be on our lips it's our first response it's what sustains us it's what it's why we got to get together in God's presence and so he called I, I got six minutes to preach the rest of my message I will I just said that for y'all I'm, I'm going to take as long as I want but <laughs> Listen, then the word of the Lord came. And, and God said to Elijah, thus saith the Lord, he said. Thus says the Lord, make this, at verse 16, make this valley full of ditches. Now let me give you something else i got to pour into you. If you don't have any depth, there's coming a day where you won't hold any water. Let me say it differently. There have been people who have left in 2020 the church, their faith, their relationship with God, their marriages, their, their children, their commitments, their consecration, their dedication. And let me tell you why. Because it revealed crisis does not force anything. It just reveals what's already there. It revealed that there wasn't enough depth to hold what it is that God was trying to give us. And if you don't have any depth, you won't be able to hold water. And if 2020 was able to take you off course, what's coming, and I don't know what it is, and I'm not telling you it's bad and it's awful. I think the Lord's coming back, so that's what I think. I, think, I, I don't think it's going to get any worse till Jesus comes back, but whatever's around the corner, here's what I know. You better have some depth to you so you can sustain it. You better have some ditches you can draw water out of. Are you there? Because there's going to come a time in your life, it's possible you're already in that time, where you need to draw out of some wells in your life i got to have some water. I, I really just needed rain, God. I really just wanted rain. Why? Why? Uh, rain would have been good enough. Now listen to me. Look at me. If all you're depending on is rain, 
If all you're depending on is Sunday morning to carry you through, you will not make it through dark times. And Elisha knew, I could pray for rain, but rain is a temporary fix that won't work on Monday morning, on Tuesday morning, on Wednesday morning. I need ditches that hold water in my life. I need something deep in my life. Write this down. Sometimes, God will ask you to do something that you don't think you need to do in order to give you something that you cannot live without. Sometimes God will ask you to do something you don't need to do. God, I don't want to dig any ditches. I just want you to give me rain. Yeah? But I know rain will only sustain you for a season. Ditches could feed you for weeks and months in this battle. God, I just need rain. God, we just need a, God, I just need a job. Yeah? But if you take the first one that comes on and you have to work every Sunday and it takes you away from church and takes you away from God's people, you won't have any depth and any water and any, you won't have something to feed you the next week or two weeks or three months or four. Are you with me, everybody? I need you to have some depth. And sometimes God will ask you to do something like digging a ditch, like 21 days of prayer, like coming to 6 a.m., like joining a small group. I'm telling you this semester, is, it's never been more important to lead a group or host a group. It's never been more important to be in a small group, to be around believers that encourage you and lift you and strengthen you. We've made it as easy as possible. I'll give you my notes, my points, sermon illustration. All you got to do is meet together, share a meal, and go over and discuss it. Why does that sound so important? Because the devil's going to continue to try to divide us, and you and I have to be in unity. We have to get together. We got to get around believers that are strong. And are you with me, everybody? That's digging ditches. Rain is Sunday morning. Digging ditches is Monday morning at 6 o'clock and Tuesday at 6 o'clock and joining the dream team. Getting on a team and getting in a small group and, and living this out, not just depending on rain. Sometimes I wish God would have just led us to a dry riverbank and said, hey, just stand right here. I'm going to bring some water up. But God said, no, no, no. I want you to dig the ditches. I want you to dig some stuff out in your life. I want you to go digging. I want you to be a part of it. God created absolutely everything on the earth in six days. Do you believe that? Say amen. And then Genesis 122, God blessed them, the people he put in the earth, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and let fowl, and let fowl multiply the earth. Here's, what, here's the point. Listen to me. God will do his part and then you and I have to do ours. God said, I'll, I'll work on rain. You dig ditches to hold it. Now listen. I'll sustain you. I'll help you. I'll provide for you. I'll heal you. I'll bless you. I'll lift you. I'll encourage you. I'll protect you. But you and I have a part to play. And this year, I'm asking you to dig some stuff up in your life. Rain would have given them momentary miracles, but no provision for the future. God... I wish you would just fix this. God, I wish you would just pop in here. God, I wish I could have there. I, I meet couples all the time who've been married 25 months and they want the same thing as a 25-year marriage. The, the thing about a 25-year marriage and a 25-month marriage is there's a whole lot of ditch digging. All the men said amen to that. There's a lot of forgiving and a lot of praying and a lot of, oh God, this is the end. And a lot of, please don't leave. And a lot of, I love this. This was the best meal I've ever had. And a lot, there's, a lot, there's a lot of, I'm sorry and I was wrong and let's go to church and pray with me. And there's a lot of that. So you can't skip the process at 25 months and expect 25 years of commitment. Are you with me, everybody? And you can't get through 2021 with the rain of 2020. You need to dig some ditches. Come play. So, so, so what do I do now? So how do I, how, how do I get through this? Let me give you three quick ways. Let me give you some handles to put on this message today. Three things to do today. The children of Israel had to start digging. Listen, in the desert. Write this down. Dig even when you're in the desert. The children of Israel are in the desert of Edom. The battle, Mike, is already raging. 
All three of these, uh, of these armies are already under siege. And they're already short of water. And it's already been seven days without water. And then God says, muster enough strength to dig. There are going to be some times in your life when you don't feel like digging. Dig in the desert. God, what do I do? I don't feel anything. Dig around. Dig around when it's dry. The old bishop used to say it this way. Never make a, a, a spiritual decision when you're in a carnal place. In other words, uh, uh, don't ever leave your job when it's just at the lowest, you know. Make sure you're not leaving just because things have gotten tough or bad. Never divorce when, when it's, just, it's been a rough week or two. Make sure that you make decisions on the, on the mountaintop, not in the valley. Are you with me? Because sometimes it's a desert. And most of the time, God demands some work in the desert. In the dry times, when nobody's saying anything, when, when nobody's cheering me on, when I don't even hear the voice of God in my life, you're going to have to keep digging in the desert. The children of Israel start digging when it doesn't make any sense. God, I'm in a desert. Don't you understand? There's no water here. It's a desert. It, you could just send rain. You could just lead us to a river. No, 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 no. I want you to dig right where you are. Listen, and if we're going to rebuild in 2021 everything the enemy took in 2020, we're going to have to dig in dry places. We're going to have to dig in dry places. We're going to have to dig in dry places. I've spent the last 15 days digging in a dry place. I'll be frank with you. Very transparent. This time out of the last 11, 21 days of prayer we've had at City Hills, I haven't heard from God yet. It's 15 days into 21 days of prayer. I still can't hear anything. I'm just being real frank with you. And most mornings at 6 o'clock, it's pretty dry. My job isn't to ask God when the rain comes. My job is to dig the ditch. And You're going to have to, if you wait till you feel like it, you'll never come back to church. If you wait till you feel like it, you'll never be able to, to have joy. If you wait till you feel like it, you'll never call that counselor to fix your marriage. If you wait till you feel like it, you'll never check into rehab. If you wait till you feel like it, it'll never be the right time. There's some stuff you're just going to have to dig in the desert. He said, children of Israel, thus saith the Lord. Fill this valley full of ditches. Number two, write this down. You're going to have to dig even when you don't want to dig. <laughs> They had gone seven days without water. Imagine the fatigue. I know you're tired coming out of 2020. I know there's a real thing about fatigue that's going on right now. I know it's real. By the way, I think it's the devil. I think the enemy can... I, think, I honestly believe it's a demonic force trying to wear you out. If I can't destroy you, he'll distract you and wear you down. I, 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 we hadn't had water in seven days... And you want me to take a shovel and dig? Yes, sir. Yeah. We, I hadn't had a paycheck in three months, and you want me? Yeah. I, 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 we, we don't know. We, I, we don't know where the next. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it doesn't make any sense right now. I don't, I don't want to. I don't feel like it. I'm tired today. I, 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 I don't know what to do. Our marriage is dead. I'm in a dead end job. I, I, I have no education. I've made too many mistakes. I'm too old. I'm too young. Listen, the soldiers are hot and tired and their lips are parched from the desert sun. It's not exactly the perfect conditions to feel spiritual. God may call you to dig when you don't want to dig. Paul and Silas are in the bottom of a horrific prison. Ancient Roman prisons are built under cemeteries. It smells like death and decay and terrible. And it's awful under there. And at midnight, the Bible says, Paul and Silas began to worship. At midnight, they began to sing. I don't know what they sang. I really don't know what it was. I think it was something about that name. I, I, that's what I think they sang. I don't know. And the Bible says when they began to sing, listen, but the chains fell, their chains fell off and the rest of the prisoners and the jailer were loose. Look at me. It could be that God wants you to dig some stuff not for you, but somebody else is waiting for their miracle based on what you do in the desert.
It could unlock some freedom for your friends and your family. It could be God put you there to help break somebody else out. (laughs) You ever thought about that? You ever thought Paul and Silas only went to jail because God was trying to reach the jailer? (laughs) There's some stuff you're just going to have to dig when I don't even feel like it. Here's the last thing and then we'll pray. No matter what. No matter what. No matter what. Don't. Stop digging. Don't stop. Elisha said, here's what the Lord says. Make this valley full, full of ditches. Don't stop. Okay, God, I got this one. Okay, I came to church that one Sunday. All right. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right, I went through growth track. I got tired of hearing and talk about it. Okay, I went through. Okay. All right, I signed up to go to a small. I did the one thing. God says, "That's, that's cute. There's a whole more valley full, full. I need. I want you to fill the whole thing up. Don't stop digging. I don't know when it's going to come. I don't know how. Just because everybody around you stopped don't mean you stop. Just because everybody around you quit doesn't mean you quit. Just because everybody around you is against you doesn't mean you're not in God's will for you. It, it, listen, God may not remove the enemies in your life. He may have you to dig right in front of them. David said, Psalms 23 and 5 says, You prepare a table before me. Where? In the presence of mine enemies. If you're waiting on all the haters to leave before you start doing something with your life, you're going to wait for a very long time because God will prepare some stuff right in front of your enemies. I'm just going to dig right here. I don't care what happens. I don't care what you think. You might be surrounded by the enemy. I don't know what's happening. I don't know where the Moabites are. I don't know when this is going to end. I don't know how we're going to get rain. I don't know how we're going to get water. But I just know God said to keep digging. Just keep digging. Just keep digging. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And God's working on your behalf. And God is making a way. And verse 17, I didn't put it on the screen, but listen. Thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind and you shall not see rain. And the valley will be filled with water so that you and your cattle and your animals may drink. Don't worry about where it's coming from. Don't worry about how God is going to do it. Just start worshiping who it's coming from. Just start saying, God, I don't know how you're going to make a way, but I'm going to trust you. God, I don't know where you're coming through, but I'm believing you. God, I don't know how this is going to work out, but my hope's in you. God, I don't know when the rain comes. God, I don't know where the water even comes from. But I know you told me to dig the ditch, so I'm digging until the water shows up. Say amen to that. Listen, let me give you the end of the story. And the Moabites come. And it's a trap. The water, it doesn't rain and there is no wind. And yet water fills all the ditches. And it mixes with the clay. And the Moabites, when they, when they walk in the valley, they see this water mixed with red clay. And they believe it's blood. Read it for yourself. And it confuses them and they believe they're outnumbered and they run away. And and there's some enemies in your life that God will use the most unlikely circumstances to confuse your enemy so that you can have victory. Not only will I sustain you and put water and have plenty of water for your cattle, your men, your armies. No, no, no. I'm actually going to take care of the enemy that's been attacking you. I'll confuse and send them back a different way. They won't be able to attack. Nahum says it this way, that he won't be able to attack you again the same way. He will not come back the same way he attacked you. And that's God's hope for you today. Don't stop digging. Just dig some stuff. Come on, bow your heads, close your eyes. What's the stuff you got to dig in your life? Your future's in the ditch. (laughs) You'll have to dig it out yourself. Your future's in the ditch. It's in your ability to dig out some stuff in your life. Your destiny's connected to the digging of your life. God, what are the areas of my life? Come on, pray this way. God, what are the areas you want to remove? God, what's the stuff you got to dig out of me? God, what's the stuff I got to participate in? God, what's some stuff I got to start doing? God, I've been complaining about doing too much. And no, 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 I got to keep digging. I got to keep going. I got to keep working. I got to keep praying. I got to keep believing. I'm going to keep digging, even when it's a desert, a dry place, even when I don't see it. If this message is for you, nobody's looking around. 
Our team's the only people moving, but if this message is for you, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me, I need to hear from God. I need to know where the valley is. I need to know, there. I, I see your hand. I need to know where rain's coming from. I need water. I, I see your hand. Thank you. I see you in the back. God bless you. I see you. God bless you. I just need, if you're a church online, say it's for me. I just need to hear from God. I just need a word. I just need a word. I see you. Thank you. I just need a word from, I see you in the back. Thank you. I just need a word from God. So God, today, I give my all to you. Matter of fact, if this is for you, I'm going to ask you to be bold. I rarely ask you to do something like this. But if you need a word from God, if you need God to make a way in your life, would you just boldly stand? Because I told you, you got to worship. Worship precedes the word from God. If you need a word from God, stand up, put your hands both in the air as high as you can get them. Thank you. God bless you, people all over the house. If you're in your living room right now, I'd stand right where you were. Come on, raise your hands high to heaven and say, God, I don't know how. I don't know where it's coming from. God, I don't know where you're going to make a way. But God, I'm worshiping you. God, I'm going to trust you. Come on, call for the musician, the Bible says. Have him play. And then it happened. The word of the Lord came. God, I'm going to keep digging some stuff in my life. God, I refuse to give up today. Come on, I pray for every hand raised. I pray for every person standing in Jesus' name. I pray for supernatural unleashing. God, I pray in Jesus' name for an open heaven over every single family, every single woman, every single man who needs a word from God. God, I pray today for clarity in Jesus' name, an open door in Jesus' name, a job. God, I pray it happens this week that something breaks, that something unlocks. God, I don't care how you do it. doesn't have to be wind. doesn't have to be rain. I just need water in these ditches. I just need you to make a way, God, I pray. God, I'm going to worship you. Come on, my commitment with my hands raised is I'm going to spend the rest of my life worshiping God in the middle of my desert, worshiping God when I don't have a word, worshiping God when I need to hear, worshiping God when I don't feel like it, worshiping God through my pain, worshiping God through tears on my pillows, worshiping God when I'm hoarse from crying out to God. I'm going to spend the rest of my days worshiping for my word from God. I believe you in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.